Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, August 23rd. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. North Carolina women's soccer head coach Anson Dorrance acknowledges that adding Stanford and Cal to the ACC would be a wonderful feather in the cap of our commissioner, but for us, with boots on the ground, no. This is going to be horrible for us. Our budgets aren't extraordinary as it is, and now we would try to add in flights across the country to play these two schools, which will be incredibly expensive and then the fact that now we're exposing the whole country, not that Stanford and Cal don't have a national recruiting platform, of course they do, but if you put those two schools in the ACC, it's going to be so easy for them to recruit nationally. So, it'll just benefit them in my opinion, not us. We've built the best women's soccer conference in the country, and there's no way I want to share the glory of our conference with two schools that could do a very good job recruiting against us, and so basically I want Cal and Stanford to die on the vine. I look forward to seeing Stanford, which is a very difficult school to recruit against. I would look forward to them basically having it be so difficult for them to recruit the elite soccer player and then we would be in a position to obviously gain those kids and put the ACC in an even stronger position. The latest from JohnCanzano.com's namesake, the MWC knows it's not going to get Stanford and Cal to join it. But there appears to be an appetite among MWC presidents for some other creative possibilities. Could the MWC and Pac-12 operate under the same umbrella? With San Diego State and some select others joining Stanford, Cal, WSU and OSU in a Pac-12 division? Would that come with exit fees? Or would it just be a semi-merger that added four schools to the Pac-12? One MWC source says the league is open to everything. Front Office Sports's Amanda Kristovich notes that reports of Stanford and SMU potentially tapping their endowments to replace media rights distributions and therefore make themselves more attractive to the ACC are likely misguided. Penn professor Karen Weaver points out that not only are endowment funds typically legally bound up in so many different ways, universities are incentivized to keep the funds where they are for bond ratings and investment purposes. Stanford spends roughly 5% of its endowment every year, which equates to roughly $1.8 billion, $425 million of which goes to scholarships and financial aid. Kristovich also points out 75% of Stanford's endowment is already spoken for. In an act of desperation, a school like Stanford could decide, via a vote by its board of trustees, to reallocate some of the funds. But Stanford or SMU would have to agree to do so for up to the next 13 years, which may not be palatable to the boards, or the alumni rich enough to single-handedly fund the transition. West Virginia AD Rand Baker talks about the league's latest expansion and admits that, if you think back to two years ago and what it looked like for the Big 12, it did not look very good for the league. I probably would not have wanted to wager on the future of the league, and so to see where we are now, where I believe we're clearly in the top three most stable conferences in the country, you are starting to see for the very first time the television dollars out there, those are getting constricted. So, making sure we can shore up where we're at and and where we're positioned moving into the future was critical, and I think Commissioner Brett Yermark, the presidents in our league and the ADs in our league were patient, waited through it, but I think the Big 12 is a big winner in this round of realignment. Of the incoming schools from the Pac-12, Baker points out that more than their market size, their ability to penetrate those markets is particularly important, and what they can bring in terms of eyeballs and subscriptions as it moves to that. That's where the real value is, and that's where this round of realignment will bear out very well for us. Former USC running back Reggie Bush will announce today his intention to file a defamation suit against the NCAA. Bush's attorneys explain the lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation. 
Specifically, on July 28, 2021, the NCAA falsely issued a statement to reporters that because of Mr. Bush's prior involvement in a pay-for-play arrangement, the NCAA would not consider restoring his collegiate records that it vacated in 2010, which subsequently resulted in Mr. Bush having to return his Heisman Trophy, the first player in history to do so. Within less than a day, this false statement was republished by no less than 20 different media organizations and circulated to readers around the world. The NCAA knew Mr. Bush was never even accused of, involved in, much less sanctioned for any, pay-for-play arrangement, which never occurred. The NCAA has issued eligibility rulings for 11 current Iowa student-athletes implicated in the sports gambling investigation, though the university has not identified the athletes. Action Network's Brett McMurphy reports that, depending on violations, penalties could range anywhere from simply attending prevention education to permanent loss of college eligibility. UI says it will support student-athletes who wish to appeal the rulings. The University of Iowa and the UI Athletics Department have been working cooperatively with the NCAA Student-Athlete Reinstatement SAR, staff to determine the eligibility of student-athletes who were involved in sports wagering. The institution has received the SAR determinations for the 11 individuals who are current student-athletes. Because this information is protected through the Family Education Right and Privacy Act, specific information will only be released once we have received the student's consent. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, August 23rd. We'll see you back here this afternoon.